0: So here's the thing, the question we're going to talk about today is, how do you as a manager help your team, motivate your team to break through those obstacles, break through those challenges, and do it so they have long-term high performance, and not only that, so their head stays straight. That's the conversation we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the HPLS Podcast live relevant and high performance information conversations and education weekly hey there my friends dan deegan here again for another episode of the high performance logistics podcast and today i've brought in a dear friend of mine matt now i'll let matt introduce himself what i can tell you is matt is an amazing manager that has a different strategy, just different philosophy, a different way of helping his team through some of the challenges. Listen, there's no shortage of challenges that we've been facing for, you know, at the time of this recording, call it the last 16 months, right? Anyone who hasn't had challenges, I think will have had their head in the sand. The reality is how we help and guide our teams to the next level is really what's gonna determine if we're successful or not. You know, gone are the days where we can demand certain things from our team because I'll tell you right now, somebody else is going to be the guide that that team needs. And we've got an amazing guide here. Matt, thank you so much for being here, my friend. I'm really happy that we were finally able to lock down some of this time. And you know what? I think it's going to be an awesome conversation for the next 20, 25 minutes, my friend.
1: Awesome. Thanks for the introduction. Love the energy. Every time we, you know, we started conversation, you're just all in there. Love it. Love it. Hopefully I can bring it up to that level on a Friday, uh, but we'll get it there. So we'll give it, man. Give it. Who are
0: you? Where are you from? What do you do? And what's your number one thing to help a team get managed?
1: Perfect. So Matt, you know, I, I work at Cargo County Amplify Logistics. I've uh, been there for a little bit now. Background, you know, history, I've been in, in the logistics industry for you know, probably over 10 years. Uh, started a long time ago. Um, you know don't remember how, but then he got into project logistics, worked overseas for a while, and then I worked at Bison Transport for about six years. then I worked at fuel transport and then I worked over with traffic at SK Cornerstone and then out went here I'm amplify and, and cargo. so you know the biggest thing that is uh, the hardest thing I would say for any management right now is how do we hook those millennials in on something that you used to hook other people on but they don't hook these people anymore so how do, how do you get people engaged on a day-to-day how do you get people motivated to to find the success in your company the way that you do but they might not see it the same way so the kind of things that we try to engage in and do is um, engage them on, on being more self-motivated on the things that they do so what i mean by that is don't micromanage those teams anymore. Back in the day, you'd have mm-hmm. to give a task list—you know, do A at eight o'clock, do eight at eight fifteen. Now the millennial doesn't doesn't like that. I'm a millennial myself. I I hate being kind of micromanaging that aspect. It's more about giving that freedom to kind of choose your own path and having the thought that you're able to do what you want and when you want helps guide you. But what we also look for and what they always find is they want that guidance along the way. They want those touches. Hey, am I doing this right? And being there for that person, not just leaving them on, on an island is is part of that success. And and being able to build that team. Building a team is not easy. Finding that cultural fit is not easy either. It's a very Challenging piece, you're gonna have high turnover until you can find the culture that you uh, are, are looking for and what the people are looking for. So, don't get discouraged by that either. Uh, you know, a lot of people go, Oh, you have high turnover, you know, but it takes a while to get that running until you get that culture that you had. If you look at all the great companies like Apple, like Google, uh, you know, uh, even talk about Elon Musk's uh book, he talks about the same thing at the very beginning. They had high turnover in all their people because they had to find that rhythm, find that culture that they were looking for. And that ain't easy. Culture is something that we all talk about. But how do we define it? Like, how, how do you define mm. the culture that you're looking for in, in people, right? And I had a great conversation today with uh, with an individual. Uh, and she's like, oh, you know, what are the next steps. I'm like, you know, really, the next steps is tell me what you want. Because it's always about what I want as an uh, employer, but in the end, it doesn't work out because I laid all these things out. And I didn't hear what you wanted. Like, what do you want to do? What's your next career plan? Like, what do you want to get to? And there, a lot of millennials are taken aback about that because they don't realize they have a, a choice and a decision. And that's how we should be choosing our teams, giving them a choice of creating their own success. Sorry if I'm the kind Cause of... Because most
0: people don't give them choices.
1: Exactly. Most people
0: say, this is what it is. Do you want it or not? And, you know, the old... I, I mean, I remember a major corporation I worked at prior to um, doing what I'm doing. And, you know, the attitude was, well, if they don't like it, we'll just find somebody else. And it was one of these things where I sat back and I went, are you guys serious? Like, this is awesome talent, like awesome talent. What are you doing? You know, even to the point where uh, a gentleman that worked there was like, had just a whole bunch of challenges and issues and I won't get into them, but in the end, just numbers were nowhere near where they should have been. He went to another company that had the structure or had the desire to fulfill those those gaps. Um, you know, doing over a hundred thousand a month GP. Yep. Like, like within a year and a half. So, hey, you know what? From zero to you know one point two, one point four million dollars GP a year, just because you fill a few gaps in. Hey, I'll take the ladder any day of the week, brother.
1: Absolutely. And it's not always about, and be not the company fit and individual fit. And that's why it's a great example. Like you're talking about a guy that didn't fit in that company's culture and that didn't work out. When you got to a place where he loved it, he invested his time. Like what's something mm-hmm. that we as individuals can't, you know, you can't create more. You can create more money. You can create everything. You can't create more time. You can buy more mm-hmm. time. But you can't create more time. So when you, someone gives them the time to kind of develop them, that kind of just sprouts their energy. They're, they want to invest their time into it because they see the success in it. But if they don't see that buy-in from that employer, from your, from your manager, that's when you kind of see that disengagement. That's when you know they're looking around. They're not, they're not hitting those numbers. How do you re-engage them? Sometimes it's a tough conversation. It's maybe, hey, maybe this ain't the place for you. Or, hey, what are we doing wrong? Let's do a 360 and reevaluate ourselves. And that's a, now,
0: a really do, you, my- do you find when, because you had, you had said just before we hit the record button here, you had said something that, that really intrigued me where it was touching, like touch points with the team, you know, obviously for all of you watching or listening, um, at this point of this recording we're in lockdown so half like Matt salespeople are kind of all working from home if you can it's half dispatch being rotated so Matt and I were talking about those touch points like how do you continuously engage a team that's not together right because we all know I mean these are the reasons events are so powerful because everybody feeds off each other and, and that's why you know, really rocking sales departments are rocking because like, dude, you just got to close. Well, I'm, I'm going to nail you to this one. I'm going to get this close. And being in our home offices, you know, for some of you, you're still working at the kitchen table. You know, you could see behind me, my dog's peering out the window here to see what the hell's going on. <laughs> there's there's distractions, there's things happening. And, you know, my question for you then, Matt, for all of those managers out there that really want to engage their team more, but are really worried about, well, if I reach out and touch them, they're going to think of micromanaging because there's a fine line between engagement and micromanaging. So share with us kind of what your strategy is to do that. And if you can help the audience, you know, with some maybe tools or or thought processes to think through things to say, as you're trying to touch the team. Now, I'll caveat this a little bit. And I know it's a long question, but for all of you that are micromanagers, don't caveat this with a little bit of handholding and then go and micromanage because you know what—you're just going to destroy everything. So I'll let you go, Matt.
1: Yeah. So and and I like how you talk about that energy. And that's the for me the difference is if you ever watch Tony Robinson on a video, the energy's there. You're like, okay, but if you ever see him live, it's just like a whole nother level, and it's hard to bring that whole nother level. So how do you bring that over into your you know your home? Like how do I get my energy here? In the house when i work in my office all day long is stuck in this kind of room and the one thing that we've kind of done differently is we do drop in zoom so we have i turn on the zoom for the day and i say to the team hey anytime you need something just drop it in my zoom you know and we created rooms so people can just drop into whoever they need to talk to and have touch points that way because since then it's not less of a intrusive piece but it's almost like the office door is open and you can walk in so when someone That's has a question, super cool brother I
0: love that. I love that strategy.
1: Yeah. So we kind of leave it open that way. So when, you know, people will jump in, be like, hey, we're, we're, we're struggling today. We we feel disconnected from someone. Hey, just drop into my zoom room. We'll we'll chat for half an hour and you can drop out no obligation. See what everybody's doing. you have people come in for 15, 20 minutes and then they leave. Because they got what they needed. They got that interaction. They felt the energy. And they they jumped right back. Some people stay on it all day long because they like to hear the noise. I don't know if there's people who, you know, like listening to the background noise of music. Or some people like hearing people talk and seeing what's going on. As a manager, you like hearing the team, what they're working on. So you can jump in and be like, hey, what did you do there?
0: I love love putting audiobooks on my Google Home. So I have audiobooks playing on my Google Home in the background as I work and make phone calls. The only time I actually turn them off is when I'm on podcast recordings. Exactly.
1: And it's the same thing. It's I used
0: to do music. I used to do music. Sorry to interrupt, but I used to do music. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to a customer and hits from the bong come on from Cypress Hill. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> probably not the greatest music. You know, And all of a sudden, how can I kill a man? And then, you know, we're moving on. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, uh, one margarita from Luke Bryan comes on. And I remember talking to a customer uh, last week and he says, dude, I got it. We were on a Zoom call and I, I left my music playing. Right. And not really thinking people are hearing it. And uh, all of a sudden, my customer's going hits from the bar. And I'm like, hey, dude, where did you? And he goes, it's playing. He goes, and I got to tell you, you have one of the craziest playlists I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I go, I go from country to CCR to like Cypress Hill to Dr. Dre to you know, it's, it's just all over the map. But I love it. I'm a student of everything. I love it. And it was interesting. So for all of you that, that are out there that have music playing in the background, just turn it down little bit when you start making sales calls, okay? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. See, I usually put them on the headphones. I can hear them, but nobody else can hear them. So I'm, I'll, yeah. you know, I'll be bobbing my head. I'll be listening. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, sorry. Just, just music. Yeah. Just hearing
0: yeah. tunes. Yeah.
1: So that's like my, my strategy is that having that passive engagement with your team. It's not easy. And it's not hard. We also do what you know, the communication tool Slack. We're constantly slacking all day long and there's different ways, there's channels, there's different things going on. It's a little bit more organized and there's an open board communication area. So we find that very useful to keeping people engaged and connected where you don't necessarily need to just drop in and talk to someone face to face. It might be just a simple quick slack or, Hey, what's the status going on? And you can do simple things where it's automated, where it doesn't look like the manager's asking you to do something. It's just a scheduled piece going, Hey, did you update this? And you just click yes. And it's not intrusive like your boss looking over your shoulder going, hey, did you update that load? No, it's just a system asking you to do something and just a set reminder. It kind of changes the tone we find a little bit versus that constant, hey, did you do this? Hey, did you do this? Hey, did you do this? When it's more of an automated system and you're and you're used to those kind of notifications because we're all day long. We're getting ding, 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 ding all on knees. It's the same kind of idea, right? And that's the kind of way we, we wanted to engage it. Is it. always successful. Does everybody always like it? No,
0: Um, but I don't think you're going to please everybody all the time, but you know what? Most companies got two Clydesdales for every 10 donkeys, Yep. right? So, and, and, and for all of you that are out there that I don't mean that in any ill way, it's just, you have two powerhouse reps for every 10 reps that really aren't that powerhouse, you know, strategies Matt's talking about here will really help the other eight reps start to form into Clydesdales like start to morph into Clydesdales and obviously listen we're all business owners we want everyone on our team firing on all cylinders never gonna happen but that's what we want that's our drive (laughs) that's our goal but it's it's never gonna happen but i love how you're helping the salespeople fire on all cylinders and then really in the end it's up to them
1: absolutely and, and it's, uh, I like your notion of how you're talking about the Clydesdale and the donkeys, but you know, in every single donkey, there's a Clydesdale as well. Right. So it, 100%. It, might, it it's the way you approach them and the way you engage them. It's the way you kind of connect and and ensure that you're giving them the support they need. Cause sometimes it's just a matter of being uh, shy and they don't want to, they don't want to ask the question and they want, they're very passive on that and they'll struggle and they'll, they'll be that the donkey that keep, constantly keeps pushing. But as soon as you show them how to open the door, they're often being a Clydesdale, and that's a great way of kind of approaching it. But the question is, what's the secret sauce? How do you get that accomplished, right? How how do you get that donkey into a Clydesdale? How do you get from twenty percent um, Clydesdales to forty percent to sixty percent to eighty percent? And I, I think, and that's what you do, uh, Dan, and that, that's why you bring a lot of that those Clydesdales to a lot of teams. Is a lot of it's training. A lot of it is learning the proper sales format, learning the proper uh, techniques, and having a venue. Uh, where they can connect to an outside source too and not feel like they're asking a stupid question. I find a lot of salespeople don't ask questions because they feel like they should know it and they feel like it's a stupid question. And so they they kind of just go by and struggle versus just asking, learning, and developing themselves and moving forward and becoming, like you said, at Clydesdale. They kind of just hold back the whole time. That's why avenues like you. Go for it. Go for I it. Say, Avenue. like avenues like your, your, your programs and, and, and outlets to that effect are phenomenal because those are the uh, opportunities where people can have asked those questions and not feel mm-hmm. like they're doing it at their own workplace and they're going to be put down and, and not that it would be put down, but it's perception in your mind. And not 100% the problem is perception, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you know,
0: so for me, um, I look at it a couple of levels, you know, one level, there's a lot of sales reps out there that are afraid to make sales calls in a group of people because if they get told no, it's like I failed, right? I. By the way, thank you so much for that wonderful comment about my programs. You know, the one thing that I've found, Matt, kind of the one game changer i found is forward momentum. Like everything changes when we start moving forward. And, and that's why a lot of my programs are very simple like come let's figure out your initial conversation because if you can hammer this down and you have your hook story request and all these strategies mastered takes no time to do it but your conversations go somewhere you know one of the biggest things I've been um, um, people have said that they get the most is you either move forward or you learn because for me when i was selling every day all day you know 50 60 30 40 20 30 calls a day it was like i had to for myself create that inner energy that got amped with every call. Cause I start the day and my energy meter is like vibrating off the chart and every no, it knocked my energy down. Yep. It was like, how do I stick? Like, you know, we're sitting here 3.20 Friday afternoon, May 21st, for those of you listening, this will be out on Tuesday. I don't know the 28th or whatever it is, but you know, like it's 3.20 in the afternoon, I'm still vibrating with energy because every single call, every single conversation, every single big move I make, I try and either learn or move forward. And the beautiful thing that I see anyways, and I'd love your thoughts on this is when I learn, it helps me move forward because now I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again, or I'm not going to do that again, but you know what? Awesome. Cause I've learned. So, you know, qualifying a customer, I can either learn something from the call or I can move forward in my sales sequence. If I don't move forward in my sales sequence and I learn something from the call, I still got something. So I'm like, yeah, awesome. If I can talk to 10 people a day that say no, but I get 10 new golden nuggets a day, man. The end of the year, I'm, I'm like stacked with gold sacks everywhere. You know what I mean?
1: No, uh, and I think that's a great point. That's why we kind of, we, we have approached it a little bit differently. Our sales funnel, the way we've set up is you start off in our sales team as a, as a dispatcher, or logistics coordinator, or logistics assistant, because you're going to learn the nose. From carriers, you're gonna learn the no's where you're gonna keep pushing because you can't just you have a load from a customer. I can't just say, accept no as an answer. I got to find that right carrier. So you might make a hundred phone calls to so find that right carrier to be on that load. So once you go for like three months of learning that kind of aspect of it, we put you into that you know freight jockey inside sales kind of position where you're making a hundred phone calls to customers. So it's almost the same kind of transition. Now you're calling customers, so you're used to those no's. But once you get those yeses. You already have a little bit of skill set of, you know, who you can put on it. Be like, oh, I remember, you know, this carrier X, Y, Z, he was doing those loads. Hey, give me a second. I still have his phone number. I can still contact him. Hey, can you do this? So now you're kind of solving your own problem. So you, you know what that happens then? You gain confidence and you're learning mm-hmm. and you're gaining that confidence. And then once you start developing that insight freight jockey role and you're going, hey, I'm getting momentum. I start getting gold nuggets because a lot of those freight jockeys. And what I mean by that term is that those daily buys from customers When you learn from those kind of uh, sales, it's a lot easier to get those bigger gold nuggets because then you start focusing your attention. You go, hey, I can do this every day. I can accept a no. So how about not doing 100 no's how about I qualify better? How about I get my pitch better? And that's when you, what you talk about, because well, you got used to that, know all the way through. How do I convert those no's to yeses? And you start realizing how to do it. You realize what your niche is. I'm very good at selling flatbed, or I'm very good at, you know, uh, project management, or I'm very good at this. And then you focus on that. You know, I love. Sports, are you going to start looking at sports-related transportation or sports-related problems or, you know, eventment. Any you you just have passion for it. The key in all that, part of that learning that you're talking about, too, is having passion for that, what you're doing. If you don't have that
0: passion. 100%. But not only that, you know, yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, passion is everything. You know, I love one thing that you do is the fact that you put all your salespeople go through ops first. Because I think the salesperson that doesn't understand ops is really left behind. And they're, they're not, they don't have the baseline functionality of the business. If you don't understand the ops, right? Like, you know, for all you ops people out there, you're the best salespeople on the planet, man. Yes. Like you are selling all day long. Every day you sell the customer, you sell the carrier, you sell the information, you you sell everything. Like you are the best salespeople on the planet. And I think every salesperson needs to be an ops for like, obviously depending who they are, depending how busy it is and it. It's periods of time but to have that understanding you know I can remember I kind of went right into sales and for the first probably two years of my career no maybe the first year um like I would I would have people from Jersey saying okay well I got one pallet and it's going to Edmonton and it's a three-day transit and be like okay let me see what I can do and then I would start calling people and they're like no that's a six to seven day transit because it's going to come to Ontario before it goes out there unless I got a direct truck but on average it's six and I'm like okay but my customer's getting it for three days and he's like, not if he's not flying it, he's not. And I'm like, okay, if I would have known that I could have at least said really three-day transit. You know what, Mr. Customer, I'd love to know who you're using because I'll give them a ton of business. You know what I mean? Like just kind of, and I don't mean to say it for everyone watching and listening to to call out the prospect, but on certain sales calls, you're going to get fed information that's nowhere close to reality. And if you have a little bit of a baseline or even a, 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 an understanding of ops. You know what I mean? Like you get, you grasp it right away.
1: I would go one step further than that. Dan. I, I find it customers use that as a technique to see how well, you know, what you're talking about and, and, and what you're doing.
0: Oh, I so, love the way you position
1: that. So brother. that, that for me, I always found it when a customer called it, I'll be like, that's three day transit It's uh, Edmonton. I'm like, no problem. I can do that too. I can do it next day. He goes, really? How I'm like, I'm going to put it in a plane for you. He's like, Whoa, that's too expensive. I'm like how else they gonna do it? He goes, I truck it, no problem. Expedited team service, exclusive one skid. Whoa, that's too expensive. Exactly. So if you want regular, if you want the price, it's six to seven days. And I know that how because it's the route I gotta take. Ah, you know what you're talking about. No problem. We can talk now. Up to that point, that. they're just testing you. They're just because they don't want to waste their I, own I, time either. Yeah, I agree
0: with you, and I never. I Jesus, two times today now I've got this, <laughs> this like you know aha moment that just fired me up. But you're absolutely right; that is so true. You know, the more you know, the more educated you are, the more tests that come your way, you're going to pass them with flying colors, and you're going to develop, you're going to break down that barrier of trust quicker.
1: Yeah, and it's, and and a lot of the times is. This they're afraid to say it in another way like we had a customer um, one of our, our our main guys Evan was talking to him and they're like oh and they had a shipment Montreal to Toronto and they are bidding on the Kingston stuff and, and there, and there's something about the transit and the, and, and the piece and the customers like well I, everybody else does it this way for this price and and, and our comment back was well operationally you got to do it if you do it this way we can save you time and money and they go oh nobody ever explained that to me and we're like yeah and they're like but that makes a lot more sense. Sometimes it's not just about saying yes to the customer just because you got the rate or you got what you wanted. Sometimes it's going, hey, let's take a second and let's think about if we do it this way. You know, let's, let, let's, let's look at it from a different perspective. And at, at times when it's emergency thereof, you do it the way they want it. But then you go back yeah. and you go and you circle back to them like, hey, had we had a little bit more time, I could have saved you X amount of dollars. We could have done mm-hmm. it this way. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. And they go, really? Yeah. And they're like, why? And you explain it to them. And they go, oh, that's mm-hmm. great. I didn't know about that. And then educating that customer, like you said, builds that trust. Because you're not calling them out going, you're dumb. I'm I'm taking all your money. Or you do it the proper way because you're able to. And you go back to the customer and go, hey, listen, I quoted you high because your expectation was here. I was able able to execute properly by doing X, Y, Z. Here's 300 bucks back for that load or X amount of dollars mm-hmm. back. Because, You didn't qualify it correctly. When you explained it to me, I was able to do it better. And the customer goes, oh, really? That's awesome. Thanks. And it's that, that kind of relationship that you build with that customer is huge.
0: I like that. I like that. Now I know we're running short on time because you've got a pretty strapped schedule. So two strategies you're deploying in 2021 to engage your team at the highest levels possible.
1: Go two strategies employing. Oh, geez um right now for this year we had a lot of growth last year so this year it's really about what we call farming it's really developing those customers you already have a lot of times a lot of companies are just always about new growth new growth new growth and they just let the old fall behind and then give someone else to pick them up so uh, this year for us it's a lot of it is just focusing on what you really have and really coming down to the nitty-gritty and developing that a lot of customers are out there looking for new uh, for new uh, services it could be one of your customers Don't lose sight of the current customer you have. They're just as important as a new customer uh, because you already know what they need. So go in there, develop them, work through it, find out what their their challenges are. Maybe there's lanes that they're looking out to bid and they haven't approached you because they thought you're just a Montreal, Toronto carrier, but you can do all their out west loads. So really focus on your core group of uh, customers and your periphery group of customers. When it comes to new, uh, I would say challenge what your services are uh, so one thing that we're looking at is expanding the services. The market is changing. Autonomous vehicles are coming in. What are you going to be doing differently in the next four or five years? So what we're looking at is looking at what customers are needing. You know, a lot of these final mile deliveries, a lot of these, uh, you know, last minute expedited loads. See if your services can match up to that, and really look at your operations and focus on how you can redevelop your uh, operations. Because a lot of people think uh, think the business is always driven by the operations but the sales can help drive that operations as well because they can go hey the market's looking at these things that are happening my customers are saying this what are we doing to rise to these challenges and a lot of times those conversations are happening because it's a lot of times sales operations a lot of this well it should be a lot of this you know what i mean so the sales goes hey this is what the market's doing they say this is what the market is paying and you guys come together you get that nice synergy and you can develop those really good roles that you want from your customers and get that extra freight as well
0: brother i love that man thank you so much for being here you are a gem of info man thank you i love it i love these back and forth conversations you bring me energy i bring you energy everybody goes home clydesdale baby rock it for all of you watching listening whatever platform you're on whether you're on youtube or whether you're on audio listen go out there make every call educational crush your sales and remember you're only one sales sequence away take care